Welcome to the Paperless Movement Podcast. I'm Tom Solid, your host, and I'm so excited to share another thrilling episode with you, where I deep dive into the digital productivity space together with my guests. As usual, this episode is not sponsored. However, providing you this value for free is only possible thanks to all of you who are part of the Paperless Movement membership. You allow me to stay independent with my opinion. But also as a member, you can join these interviews live when they are recorded for a chance to ask your own questions and you'll even get access to chapterized video versions of this and previous episodes. So if you'd like to become a member eager to max out the full potential of your digital productivity system, check out paperlessmovement.com. And now, without further ado, let's dive into this chat. Today, we have a partner expert, a paperless movement partner expert in here. If you don't know what this yet is, we have a section inside the paperless movement community where we have partner experts for certain tools that I present a deep dive into a specific tool like here. In this case right now, you will hear ClickUp and then we can have some discussions and also the interview that I have with Gray McKenzie today will be published there. So if you want to rewatch the whole interview that we have here or the discussion rather, I would say. You can go over there in the community and can watch this there. But now, without further ado, let's dive into this with, with Gray. Welcome to the show. And maybe you give us a short introduction. What is your superpower, actually? <laughs> sure thing. Thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, it's good to be here. I'm excited to, to dig in and spend some time together. Uh, I'm the co-founder at Zen Pilot, which is a strange name, but we are, we're focused on helping digital agencies streamline their operations in ClickUp. So we've been in the ClickUp ecosystem for coming up on four years right now, but in the agency project management and operations game for the last eight. So when did ClickUp launch actually? ClickUp came out four of, years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very similar timelines. Backstories. We were running a project management tool specifically for agencies called Do Inbound. And uh, the truth is we just weren't that great at software. We poured a little under $2 million into the, the platform itself, oh building it out, grew it to about 500 agencies, but we struggled to get churn consistently under 5%, which at the time felt enormously challenging. Come to find out in retrospect, that's not unusual or atypical for early stage software. No, it's not. But, but that was a, a challenge for us. So ClickUp came out of beta towards the end of 2017. And uh, and then we wound up uh, partnering with them for early half of uh, 2018. Yeah, so you bet on the right horse, I would say. Uh, there's so a lot of... The funny. For sure. Yeah, it right? it could have gone the other way for sure. Um, we went through, we spent... Yeah, of course, when you see ClickUp version one and then they had to bring up it to version two and all this. So... Yep. They are still on their way to really double down on the things that matter in such system. That's my own opinion. So they yep. keep throwing out features half-baked and introduce new bugs. So yeah, I don't want to bully ClickUp here, of course, because there's a reason why I'm still using ClickUp and why so many others are using ClickUp. Also other partner expert, Leila Pomper inside the community. She is all about ClickUp and yeah. There's a reason. And I switched from Asana to ClickUp to its flexibility that I can build a system uh, in the best way possible when it comes to task and project management. But it is also very complex. So especially when you come from Asana, it's a very good UI UX there. But then if you very quickly hit the ceiling, when you just want to get a bird's eye view on your projects and your tasks and things like this, in Asana, this is just not possible properly, merging different timelines and all this. In ClickUp, this was the key reason why I switched. I can have so many different projects and still go to everything and see all on at a glance. What's your reason 
that you bet on this horse. Is this even a thing in English? It is. It is. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, good. <laughs> I've, I've never done horse betting, but I will admit most people who say that phrase probably have also not bet on horse racing. Yeah. <laughs> we spent six months going through 71 different PM tools before winding up going with ClickUp. Asana was number two at the time. Teamwork was number three mm. on the list. Mm. Obviously, we're just looking at agency use case, what solves the best uh, for agencies across you know, a whole range of metrics and categories. The thing that tipped us towards ClickUp. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what position was Monday.com? I'd just be interested. Monday was in the top 10. I don't, they were, they were towards yeah. the bottom half of the top 10 at the time. They've actually, uh, they've come a long way. I feel like yeah. the last, they were the most recent one before ClickUp to spend millions and millions of dollars throwing Monday.com ads all over the uh, And finally release docs. Sure. We have the backlinks, then we have the docs. Okay. That's right. So sorry for interrupting. Just was curious. The flexibility was a big one. You know, at the time Asana, you could view your project either as a list or as a board, but you couldn't flip back and forth between the two. Obviously they've changed that since then. Trello was super popular, just boards. You can't go to see it the other way. And so we had teams who wanted to see their data displayed in different ways, but with the same underlying data, which is what ClickUp allows for. Really let's take whatever underlying data and visualize it. Everything. So that uh, fit really well. The hierarchy was deeper than Asana or Trello or Basecamp or some of the other ones. If you want to see, and we break agencies into three main components, you get growth, your client acquisition, delivery, all your client services, and then operations, your backend, people, culture, HR, legal finance type stuff. If you want to see tasks on by those departments or by areas of a business, it's really hard in a flatter hierarchy structure like Asana, where you've got projects and then tasks and subtasks and kind of sections in between. ClickUp's got one to two extra layers of hierarchy that fit really well in a client services. And then okay. the biggest piece was, and this is the reason to not click up as well. This is like both, I think a big believer in your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Just depends on how you look at it. They're, but their development velocity, how fast the platform was getting better compared to anyone else. From a feature perspective, they had mostly feature parity with Asana at the time, but they were behind some of the other tools. They were behind teamwork for sure. But we felt like looking at how fast they're pushing out improvements to the platform and the level of care that Zeb and the early team had was at a level where we felt more confident in the long-term vision for ClickUp. And that could have gone the other way. They could have built off the rails. And we feel some of the growing pains of that and for sure yeah. have over the past couple of years. But but they've made that bet pay off in a big way so far. Yeah, when, when I had uh, the interview with Zeb Evans actually a year ago now, we talked about this as well. And he, he said, we're just pushing out these features and like throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks, get it to the point, right? We fix the bugs later and we see. so. I like that they are pushing out so many features at one point, but on the other hand, if you want to build this for big businesses and established businesses, you cannot just introduce new features, including new bugs. So I think they really changed also their philosophy there a bit, bit more quality insurance and better testing and things like this before they introduce the new things. But yeah, there's an up and a downside and you're right. They might have just crashed against the wall. Or as now happened, they got new funding and now can even go wider. Hopefully, right. hopefully they invest the money wisely. That's that's the goal. I What I liked about <laughs> their approach was they knew who they were. Like we are going to be, Zeb always talks about progress over yeah. perfection. I think they've modified that a little bit to progress towards perfection. Now to try to reach. It's the same with when they said the one tool to replace them all. I think they modified this one. Modified that too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a, an aspirational or ambitious drive that. They finally realized, okay, all of them is probably not. That's a, that's a big scope. But I, I love that they owned that position that, hey, this is the approach that we're going to take to market. And we felt, and in a lot of ways, I think this is what's borne out. 
build all these features, attract people. It's going to have bugs. It's not going to be the perfect platform to get, but that amount of the reputation they earned as, Hey, we're a company that will continue to push the issue. This is the, we may not be there today, but this is the platform you want to bet on. If we're talking about who's where in three years from now, mm -hmm. that's, what's allowed them to earn the kind of obviously fundraising and valuation in the marketplace that they've earned which now allows them to modify that approach a little bit and go back and say, okay, we're getting all this traction in the enterprise space. We've got to slow down a little bit and we've got to focus on making the platform more stable and re-engineering and re-architecting. Absolutely. Especially when the lists become long and in big companies, you, you know, I introduced Asana in a big company, they easily had within a few weeks, 10,000s of tasks in there. So if you can't handle this, and this is why Asana was so slow with introducing new features. And whenever it's, right. it's a bit of like Apple, they take their time, but once they release it, usually it works and it is yep. very intentional what they place there. And I always had a feeling in Asana, it works the same way. They go through a lot of things before they add boards or anything like that. And then you realize, okay, we only can use sections for the boards. So there's no flexibility right. again. Going into ClickUp, I think one, one major thing. Um, if you want to talk about features is actually the hierarchy, the, how they introduced subtasks, especially when it comes to automation. So whenever a new task is created, apply this template. So whenever you create a new subtask, the same template is, for example, I didn't fix this until today, or also that the subtask has the same custom fields like the major task or the parent task. So which made, maybe doesn't make any sense in the subtasks. So it is a bit off when it comes to intuitive usage of the tool. So you have to wrap your head around, and this is when you guys come into play, where you actually have a system in place, how to apply ClickUp, and you don't add these custom fields in these places and things like this. So what's your, your opinion on that? I think it for sure, I mean, what I, you know, on the subtask issue yeah, that right. I just mentioned, yeah. So I think there's a number, uh, just to backtrack to one other point. This is the thing that we appreciated about Asana too, was Asana owns their position. Hey, we are not going to be fast to roll out features. You might be waiting for that same feature for three years, but when it comes out, it's going to work. And out on that spectrum of like, we're going to push the issue and push the envelope and we're going to be, you know, tech forward and there's going to be bugs that you're going to deal with to the other end. Hey, we're not going to move fast at all, but when it comes out, you can trust it. I love companies who pick one end or the other of that spectrum and don't get lost in kind of the messy middle. And obviously I yeah. felt we felt better about betting on, you know, tech for the industry. If I was going after bookkeepers or some, some industry that has a reputation as being less tech forward, I think, uh, the Asana approach probably makes more sense, but in an industry of marketers who love being on the cutting edge of tech, ClickUp's value prop, uh, makes a lot more sense. Yeah. To the, the branding, obviously for sure. the, <laughs> the right. brand message is just perfect. They're all over the place. So they're doing the right thing there to be cool, actually using ClickUp or being part of the previous movement. So I do my right. best. Yep, we on brand as well. So I just love this because when it comes to branding, I put a lot of effort into this, making the logo and get the colors right and all this. But this is also for myself because I can identify myself with this much easier and know right. my own message this way. So my own vision and the mission and everything is just included in more or less. Sure. So it's the same for ClickUp, I would say. And this is how they can pitch because people know about ClickUp in the meantime. I think Asana lost this game here as well. There's no face behind this, you know, this is the thing in ClickUp, we have Seb Evans, everybody knows him with his jacket and all this, you know, all these signature moves and they got this and in Asana, I don't know anyone. And right. it's, it's the same with Evernote when Ian Small came up and he said, okay, we will do this right. Now everybody knows the CEO, he came into the interview and he wants to be seen 
And everybody obviously says, okay, it's your fault is these things are not working. Probably not his fault, but at least somebody stands up and says, okay, sure. look, we do the best. And I think people uh, have a lot more trust in a non-faced company. We have uh, studies about it. Yeah, de definitely true. I think it's really hard to get the momentum back once you've lost it too. And that's why the project management space, there hasn't, I'm very bullish on where ClickUp is in two to three years from now. I think if you still look at who's developing faster, who's moving um, more, who's got the momentum, it's ClickUp. I think 10 years out, hopefully, we're hoping that's ClickUp, but the reality is nobody's held the, you know, we had Basecamp in the early 2000s and then Trello came along and that was cool and Jira and then Asana and then Monday period and now ClickUp's the momentum leader. So we've had all these different click, yeah. leaders in the category. Like what, what's going to happen in, uh, you know, then we've got on the doc side notion, like there's a natural trend and momentum there in the project management space that there's still big successful businesses in a lot of ways, but it's hard to get that back. And so one of the things that we appreciate about the ClickUp is that's the approach that I think continues. I think they've got a better chance of sustaining momentum for a longer time period than the Asana philosophy. And yeah. we'll see how well that, that could still go either way. It's not, it's a lot less fragile than it used to be, but it's still not set in stone. Yeah. Let's face it. It's also Nike or Adidas that this is just a brand people are buying there. It's no longer um, really the clothing, I would say. Right. But for ClickUp, this fest that we still have there, people are much more, they excuse a lot more mistakes because they have the feeling there are actually humans behind this and they're building this. Talking about Jira, I was really surprised to see this campaign against Jira where they really call them out and bully Jira. I didn't right. know. I think in Germany, this is not allowed to do. I was surprised that this is actually what's going on. I don't, I think even if you work at, you really reconsider to, maybe they just want to also get the people from there. I don't know. It's interesting to, to see this, but let's get back to the question. So probably one or another in the, listening to the interview are eager to learn more about the subtask issue that I just mentioned. Yeah. Maybe just close this item. Yeah. So subtasks and tasks obviously do have the same custom fields right now. There's a handful of ways that you can try and deal with that. Now that you've got the ability to move subtasks to multiple lists, there's a handful because the records themselves still hold all the same custom field values, but what gets displayed depends on, or what's available to see depends on the location of the task itself. But that's one, mm. and that's just one of the many, I don't know if it's idiosyncrasies. Most platforms have the same kind of inherit, um, inherit traits from the parent item around hey, what properties does the subtask have compared to if we look in Asana or something else, we'll have a lot of similarities around what custom fields get pulled through. But it does mean you have to be really intelligent. And this is in conversations with ClickUp. I think one of the common pieces of feedback I often have is there's a lot of things you guys could do to make the system easier for new people to adopt to and understand. You get into ClickUp and you go to dashboards and there's nothing pre-built. There's no dashboard templates. There's nothing. You can, the, the big strength is you can build whatever reporting you want almost. The big downside is you have to know what you're designing. And, um, and as a pro, that's why a lot of teams switch from like a teamwork over to ClickUp is, hey, I can get the data back out, but how do you get it out? You've got to know how to build it all. And ClickUp, and I think rightly so, the response to a large degree is, hey, at some point we will get there, but right now that's your business opportunity. That's why we need people like you training people on how do we think about where custom fields get used and what custom fields get set up so that we aren't sharing information. We shouldn't be divulging with people who are assigned to subtasks or we're not overwhelming what properties need to happen there. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think 
yeah, it's important to hire you guys at the right time and best in the beginning before you added all the features and fancy bells and whistles. And then you have to rip out a, from a running system. If you decide to switch to ClickUp, I think it's the best to at least have a strategy session. So if you want to have a strategy session, great. We have a link in his partner expert section where you can get hold of him or on SendPilot directly. And I think this is at least something where I see a return of investment just by having a plan. And this is what I do with my clients and inside the payment movement with the Icon Mastery that we are building right now, that people get really this blueprint for their specific use case. I don't want to provide this all fits all blueprint and uh, so many others sell, like this is a template for Notion, buy it. <laughs> and then they buy it and they have no idea how to use it. Why? Why? Because it's so common. It's the same with, and people don't know how to use, how to use Notion in the first place and things like that. So I think the customized systems for the companies and so on becomes more and more important. But therefore we again need people who understand the processes in the, in the businesses as well. So when I was working in Begin Street the last eight years as a business analyst, I was this guy uh, filling up these dashboards and getting the data in and connecting this. This is just my genius zone. This is what I love, creating KPIs that are not watermelons, like on the outside green and inside red. So I would love this place to be in this dashboard section and have a blank canvas and to start with. But you're absolutely right. If you are solopreneur or you just have a small team of 10 people and your genius zone is actually comp something completely different, producing some products or coaching in a complete different area, you don't have time or the motivation to learn how to get data into your platform and all this. So I think this is the case then to get people in or hire somebody who works in your company who is just doing this stuff if you're big enough, depending on what you get in on a regular basis, right? I think that last point is important. Project management, knowing your data, all that's important enough. I don't know whether this would surprise people or not. It probably wouldn't when they think about it, but sometimes it surprises people at first that we'll always make the argument at some point, expertise has to come in-house. Like you can't outsource having that system run smoothly. You can certainly, and I think in most cases, teams should rely on some outside help and expertise. There's benefits to hiring experts to come in and, and fix and build infrastructure that you can scale off of. The understanding of why is the system built this way? How's the system built? What do we need to do to maintain that? At some point that yeah. accountability and improvement has to come in-house too. So like training, it's very, you know, it's like finding a needle in a haystack to go out and say, hey, I'm going to hire a project manager who knows how to come in, set up this specific system. Maybe they've had experience before for my specific business type. Maybe how many, you know, how many times have they done that? If you find an awesome one, they've probably done it five or six times before. It probably does make sense to work with someone who's done this a ton of times. But you need somebody internally who knows how to keep that system running long-term. Yeah. As uh, you brought up some good points there, actually. One thing is, I think people have this old fear in themselves that I knew, I remember. My parents, they owned a hotel for 30 years and there was no software when they started. And then they come up with these hotel softwares. And usually all of these are custom built. So you have to pay this developer to make set this up. And something breaks, you try to call this guy coming in and then fixing it and costs immense of money. I think this is the mind many have that you ha get an external company in and they try to stay in your company as long as possible to put right. it this way, because they are the only people who understand how the system actually works. So you mentioned already the workaround is that you have somebody employed, but still get an external company setting you the things up and training this one person 
who is the role, has the role then to run this, or actually this specific function. I'm not a fan of pointing uh, to names, but rather to responsibilities and functions. So you can replace the people on this function without losing the knowledge. But yeah, this is this. And then something I also think is important, and I think you will agree with this because you are focusing on agencies, that you have a certain spectrum of expertise. So you're focusing on agencies. When an agency comes to you and says, we want to have ClickUp, then you say, fine, I know how agencies work. I know what you have on a daily basis. And maybe not in the specifics, but as a generalist in this area, helps a lot really to double down on get this going in no time, right? This is one of the hardest parts of our business right now is um, we get uh, we're ClickUp's largest implementation partner today. We've worked a little over 2,300 um, agencies. We get a lot of referrals from folks who are non-agencies and or two potential prospects or clients who are uh, non-agencies and staying disciplined in terms of who we are willing to accept as clients. But when we do, the benefit is ClickUp's really the Trojan horse in the business model. I am friends with people who run 10 plus million dollar agencies who run on ClickUp Asana, Mavenlink, uh, one who's on Acelo, one who's still on Basecamp, unbelievably, somehow. All, all these different platforms, monday.com. The commonality between how large an agency can get or the health of the agency is not the project management platform. It's the coherent operating system around how they actually run. And it's having a coherent operating system, having a team who's well-trained and feels competent and confident in the system. They've got clear expectations and rules of engagement. And then someone's holding them accountable and making the system better over time. So I think ClickUp for most agencies, most of the time is the best tool to facilitate it. But at the end of the day, it's just a tool. It's not the, the end thing. So really ClickUp in our business model is the Trojan horse for us. That's why a lot of people know our name and, and come to find out about us. But ClickUp is really just a tool that we hire or they hire to help achieve that end outcome. And so I think that's the piece that agencies are infamous for jumping from tool to tool every 18 months to two and a half years. Mm. Basically enough time for enough of our crap to build up to a point where it's intolerable. And then we'll jump to the next platform and hope that that solves it. It's, a, it's fundamentally not a tool problem. But it's not only an agency yeah. thing. Most of the one-on-one -on -one calls that I have, we start exactly with this. People keep searching the right tool. And this is why I came up with the iCore framework to really teach the fundamentals behind all this, to yeah. understand how technology works and then find the right tool that works for them. So this is, I think, I saw it so many times and I was the same. I'm still the same. I love right. testing new tools because I, yeah, obviously it's my job now. So I, I'm allowed to do this, but I have a sandbox mode. So I don't do this in my own business. I test these tools on the side, but I'm very rarely exchanging tools now because yeah, there's a reason why you say never change a running system. And the same thing is just to get back what you said there, when I implemented Asana in a big company, I implemented where I was working, I implemented for my own team because there was no system, believe it or not, 300,000 employees, but you could use so many things, but nothing was defined. So there was no system. So I used Asana in this moment and to, just to collect the projects that we're working on, just showed how we increased efficiency just by defining priorities and saying no to things because we have the backed up definitions and conventions and all this. And then I was able to bring this up to the whole department and then cross department wise up to thousand people, increase the overall efficiency. And then I say, why did you choose Asana? And I said, because it was around, I could have used anything just by, it was all about setting down the conventions, talking about responsibilities, who needs to do what and all this, and having a single source of truth. The advantage, especially cross department working 
is having one place that you look together at. If you're in a meeting, you open up this task, you take the notes on the task and not everybody in his paper notebook. So next week, we still know what everybody was talking about, even if the person left already the company and a new one come in. So all these things really come down to the basics. And I think with the fast growing technology that we see and all the tools coming up and all these shiny objects that that's a problem. The marketing behind this promising you that they will solve everything for you. They will solve nothing if you don't sit down and write down your process map and get some SOPs in place and so on. Together, to close the loop here, I would say that when ClickUp closes their doors tomorrow, you would have no issues to just migrate your system into another tool and just keep going, right? There would be some trade-offs. So obviously we, we keep tabs on sure. what the market, we keep tabs on sure. what the marketplace is like. There, yeah, there'd be some trade-offs, but for sure, will we be able to replicate 90%? We might have to hook a couple of tools together to get what we're currently getting out of ClickUp. Clients might have to pay a little bit more to get the end outcome, but for sure. Yeah, it's not fundamentally a, a ClickUp issue. I think it's like anything yeah. else, like, the marketing's job is to sell you on what looks Lululemon doesn't make you more athletic. It makes you look more athletic and ClickUp doesn't make you more productive, but it might make you look more productive in and of itself. It can do it with the right view put on Lululemon and you go work out. You can get more athletic. If you get ClickUp and you do the work, you can get more productive, but it's not the tool fundamentally. It doesn't. It is yep. really important to define how you use these tools. And I just wanted to emphasize here that how we met actually, and the first discussions we had, this was the same wavelength. And I just want to point out that you have the foundations there. So even if you have, of course, there's a trade-off, but once you have a different tool, you would just apply the systems and build up a new system or starting point that you could use again to implement in other companies. And this is the important point that I want to make here. Instead of, I also met consultants, they just implemented, which is just installing it and inviting people and make right. some task lists, but there's no strategy behind this. And there's no SOPs where you give them some guidance and say, okay, you have to follow these rules. You have to know what the priority is. Otherwise everything will collapse. And you did a great in the deep dive session that you provided in your partner expert section and the community where you go exactly in this direction, like time tracking and all this time tracking is a good example. If you, if nobody does it consistently. All the measurings and all the things that actually should help the people won't work. Sure. If I, they don't consistently use these features. So rather keep them out and get started and then add them later on over time, but then very specific and say, okay, from this day on, every day we do this and we have somebody, we have some feedback loops checking if you're doing it right. Is that about something that you do as well, giving these yeah. SOPs along the way but, or the guidance? For sure. I think there's the reality, obviously perfect world, you'd have the ideal system to run on that makes you super efficient and every single thing that can be automated is automated and whatever else. And you also have hundred percent team compliance. Everyone's working exactly the way that they're supposed to work. And you can focus on both of those. And when people are looking at PM tools or looking at any kind of tooling, am I going to use Evernote or Notion or Obsidian or Rome or whatever else? We all get hung up on the technical features and kind of ignore the fundamentally like we are a human behavior, uh, company. So I would take a slightly worse system design with everybody operating on the same wavelength over the opposite, the perfect system design that nobody uses or there's very intermittent usage. And so I think that piece is, that's the piece that's missing most of the time when agencies try to implement something is they roll out the tool, 
whoever was excited about building it out, say, here's how it works one time. They happen to gravitate to new tools and they like setting that stuff up and building a structure. They're the Toms and Grays of the world and assume everyone else is going to gravitate in the same way or follow whatever their loose expectations are. So we go the opposite where it's, hey, let's design the system. Let's make sure it functions correctly uh, for your team, for the three main layers in an org that we have to solve for the exec level, the middle management layer, the individual contributor layer. And let's make sure all those people are trained where they know they're enabled to be successful in the tool. And they're also trained on the rules of engagement and our expectations about how they're going to use it. And then just like building any habit, they're held accountable to those things on a daily and weekly and, and monthly basis consistently. Yeah, that's really important. And another thing that just came up that I think it's really hard for these software companies like Lika or any other productivity tool company. Usually these are developers starting this and they have no idea how it is really used in a different environment. Maybe for a software company, it works then. But what about other businesses? So I think this is always when the struggles begin. They didn't thought through the UI and UX and that not everybody is as tech savvy, so it should make sense that the button is there. And uh, still in, in ClickUp, I have the feeling there were, were a lot of UI decisions where I thought it's so not intuitive to click here in order to get back from the sub task to the main task or things like that. Yeah, maybe with the new funding, they will revisit this as well. I think it would be a good idea to also hire a lot of people from other industries just solely to give their expertise, how they would do, how they successfully run projects. I saw a lot of project managers not being able to manage the project properly. So it's not always good advice there. Yeah. I'm going to be interested to see when you talk to Zeb. A year ago, at that point, they'd raised 35 million. They'd raised a fraction of what they've raised today. And that $35 million raise even was six months or four months before you, I don't know what time of the year that was, but they raised it summer of, of 2020. So as they've raised and they're hiring aggressively and they're scaling to be at a thousand team members by the end of this year, which is a net gain of whatever, 600, 700 people over the course of a year, the onboarding and uptick of that cohort of people trying to join an organization to triple in size in whatever, nine months or 10 months or 12 months is huge. And we saw this a little bit back in the early days. We were early in the HubSpot ecosystem as well. One of the first couple hundred partners in the HubSpot ecosystem and saw a lot of the same, saw a lot of similarities in ClickUp in terms of the direction where they were going. But you see some of the same things where in order to deliver a lot of value, massive value, there's just a, a ramping up period internally. So I'm really curious and I'm hopeful. I'm not sure that this is what will happen, but I'm hopeful that we'll see a major increase in terms of product development uh, from a UI perspective, UX stability, like core engineering functions. Realistically, it probably takes a year for most people to be fully ramped up or nine to 12 months for most people to be really ramped up where they're adding good and solid code and good design decisions into the platform, where we start to see that over the next six to nine months really start to kick in. And I'm going to be curious to see how that plays out just structurally from uh, if we're making all these hires. I realize it's naive to think that's going to flip a switch and that hiring a hundred engineers today equals better code in the platform tomorrow. But what's the lag time to get those people up to speed where we're significantly seeing improvements in the platform? Yeah, the quality control. Hopefully they also score, scale this because uh, a lot more code needs a lot more quality control. Otherwise <laughs> you, you will have something in there. Yeah. You can't get rid of later on instead. You have to replace the whole platform. You have seen this in Evernote. So they hit the ceiling, had to make the switch. It was so important, but nobody understands that of the users. I was, I think there were many who can relate to this, why they had to do this. 
but you cannot expect the majority of users to understand why they have to make this decision and suddenly features are away and it becomes slower for a moment. They built their business on Evernote and they run this and then right. suddenly it's going away. Obviously they are outraged, but something I think Evernote still, and I said it to Ian, uh, to Ian Small one year ago already, is the cross-linking of information. Especially in Evernote, I never got this. I remember eight years ago, there was the only elephant in the room that I could pick if you take notes uh, digitally. Right. And back then I was already searching for solutions and integrations to mind my notes, not to get the connections of the notes going. And they just missing still the big opportunity from a development perspective. It's not that difficult to introduce backlinks. So I think this is a low hanging fruit. They are really missing out there. They had a lot of new features and all this fine, but now seeing the announcement from ClickUp where they say, now we take on the white and Miro, for example, is my favorite whiteboarding tool still, but seeing something like ClickUp, if they really can come up with a quality like Miro with the advantage that I can really cross connect my tasks in there, and then I right. can lay out my project mind map. This is the game changer. This is the moment when I say it makes sense. To, to have my, my productivity system or my project management running inside ClickUp. Yeah. Yeah. Be interested to see how some of that comes together. In terms of backlinking, I re Realm Research was the app that I used that felt like backlinking started. I, I can imagine a Realm Research developer saying, so why nobody is doing that? And then he, he probably read about Settle Custom Method and then he said, okay, I can do that. And we got wrong. You, no, yeah, that's what I was going to say is, do you remember was it was like, that's the first time that it stuck for me anywhere. Do you remember that in any other tools? Like what was the predecessor to Rome research that brought that? To, Cause I feel like every tool has their contribution to the market. Like ClickUp's big contribution long-term to the market is, Hey, you can take the same underlying data and you can see it, whatever view you want. Trello's had to switch and say, yeah, we're going to launch list view. And Asana had to say, you can take the same data and see it however you want. And Rome research seems like the contribution is backlinking. And now those things that originally were a product eventually become a feature in, in most other. Yeah. I have the feeling I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe there is a small tool available that had this already in there yeah. and raw research, but just became public and become funded. So this is many times the case that the small companies, but the fun fact really is once Rome research came out, I was, I published a video about notion and said, they need to introduce backlinks. It would be so obvious to use there. And it was not, it wasn't one month later they had backlinks there. And this just shows how easy it is to add these backlinks. That interview with Edward Metzger, the CEO from NotePlan3, he was using Markdown files for ages already before Rome Research was even a thing. And he told me then as well in this interview, yeah, when I heard about the backlinks, <laughs> switch to switch and it was working. So right. there's no, that's not a big thing. And I think. This chat also shows that humanity comes to a point that they start to understand this stuff. It made no sense 10 years ago to introduce this. And again, talking to Ian Small from Evernote about this, I asked him how many people are using tags in Evernote. And he said 2% of their users are using tags. That can't be true. And I was asking my community and 50% are using tags inside uh, Evernote yeah. through this poll. Why? Because they are much more tech related and tech savvy. So probably they understood this. And this is again, where the mission of for the Payments movement grew, where I said, I have to tell people the basics and the reasons why we use backlinks and text and why we are more efficient using digital systems versus paper systems. Because right. what I saw in the course, since I launched the Payments movement in 2018, 
I saw people going paperless easily. They say, oh, I cannot take handwritten notes on my iPad. Let's ditch the paper, uh, the paper notebook because my handwriting becomes searchable. It's insane. And they are converted easy. But then they are stuck in a note-taking app where you can't get the data out or in or anywhere else. And then right. they realize, okay, this is what's all about. And this is where I say, okay, look, there are tags versus folders and there are reasons why we have these additional systems. And yeah, once you realize this, I think this is the moment when efficiency and productivity really gets a boost, just switching systems. If you're not productive on paper, you're not productive in a paperless system. I, I'm telling from, I'm talking from experience. I thought this is the holy grail now switching to an iPad, but I didn't become any more efficient at all. It's actually worse because you have so many opportunities now with all the tools that you don't, exactly what you said in the beginning, switching these tools, the next shiny objects, you scatter your information all over the place and don't find right. it later on. And this is about single source of truth. And I get to give the mic back to you now as long talking here, but single source of truth, this is all what you're looking for with, the, with ClickUp, right? Because right. you have the project manager and the docs in there where you have, so is it only ClickUp that you suggest to use for everything? There's tension around that. Because as many things as ClickUp can reasonably do, we'd like to keep there for centralization, obviously. The challenge is, and you've probably run into this toying with ClickUp, if you want to run an at-scale CRM at all, ClickUp is not the tool to use at this incarnation of ClickUp. And I would much rather use a best-in-breed platform and go use HubSpot for your CRM and figure out the connection point between HubSpot and ClickUp. So no, ClickUp's not the only tool and depending on what people need from a time tracking perspective you know about 80 percent of our clients today use clickup for time tracking the rest primarily use harvest and in some cases ever hour mm. as well so if you need real-time financial reporting on where time is gone and you can solve the input problem harvest has that ever hour has that clickup doesn't have that yet most agencies they don't need real time like it's okay if i run an export on a you know often on a monthly basis and plug that into you know, google sheets um input mechanism to spit out here's where we are but but yeah there's definitely tension there around same thing around internal team comms most of the teams that we're working with still use slack i want to make sure that there is a record of what's happened with all of our clients inside clickup so if you're using slack like there's just gonna be some clear expectations set around if, if our team's using slack high level client conversations ideation that type of stuff totally fine to live in slack slack's even more efficient for that than trying to keep that in clickup mm. if it's something task or deliverable related specifically that has to happen in the comments thread in clickup so that we have a clear record when we try and go back oh here's why we made the decision that we made about that specific item to go back and have that conversation with a client or internally where did things go wrong where did things go right in this case so it's not thank you uh, i'm yeah, so glad not that you're just saying ClickUp. this yeah yeah, it's not just ClickUp, but I'm so glad that you're saying this, that uh, that the 10% in Slack and then the rest is really on the task and the projects. That's what I'm preaching all the time. When you're sitting in a meeting, you just open up the task that you're talking about. If there is no task that you can talk about, what's the point of the whole meeting at all anyway? Right. So I was sitting in so many meetings. Every two weeks, you had the same meeting talking about the same thing that you talked two weeks ago, just because the meeting minutes were sent by email and archived by everybody because everybody knows. And yeah, so I love this. This is just showing how great you fit into the paperless movement. And what you just talked about, the different tools here, going through the iCore concept. So in input, we talk about what type of information do we collect? And then we think about where do you, uh, where do we place the information? So in the control part, 
we talking about knowledge management. So you just mentioned that the knowledge actually lives outside ClickUp in many cases. So for example, the sales numbers and uh, like HubSpot and so on. But then you try to, uh, the output part would then be, so task and time management would be ClickUp. And then we are in the refined part, and this is where we connect everything together, where we see, okay, we have manual, you, you mentioned Google Sheets. Now you can use Integromat or Sapia in order to get this together. Yeah, I love this, uh, that you are not like this, but you also say, I understand it's not for everything. We might need to connect these things. Do you also support by connecting these tools and the other platforms into ClickUp, especially because you have the experience, again, niching down on agencies? that you know very well, the tools, apps. Yeah, that's one of the things that has become a much larger part of the business here in 2021. It's always been part of the vision, but big on the principle of earn the right. Let's perfect one thing and then move on to the next thing or get close to, we really need to nail one thing before we can take on the next thing in the business. I've got a laundry list of areas that I'd like to do to serve agencies, but the highest priority one after kind of the core project management and team training and team enablement side of things has been automation and getting into pulling data sources together. So we do a ton of Integromet work, a good amount of Zapier work. Integromet ties in a little bit better in some cases to the API. That'll be changing at some point where the Zapier ClickUp integration gets better. But right now yeah. we do a lot of that work via Integromet to point tools together. And the most common example, tying into someone's CRM, tying into their time tracking, tying into Google Sheets or dashboards, tying into Google Calendar, tying into internal comms, whether it's Teams or Slack. So yeah, that's, that's become a much larger part of what we do. Yeah. That's great. So it's a real thought through package that people get there because you understand the end to end system that you're building there. So I'm loving this. And this is actually a good segue into uh, Coda that I wanted to talk about, because if you follow Payless movement and then you're part of the community that I'm building a tool comparison platform for my members, but this actually became much bigger than I initially thought the vision behind this and the potential that I saw there, it is it. I want to build the single source of truth for the Payless movement, where really all the information comes together inside Coda. And why did I pick Coda? Because it is so much more flexible than any other tool I know with the new PEG system they have there. So you can really use the APIs and connect it to any system that you like. So you even don't need Integromat or Sapi or anything like this anymore. You can just get everything together. So if you're interested what we're building there, it's inside the community, all the steps that I take to build this platform. But uh, yeah, this is so nice. Get these things together in one place and having the knowledge. I have some basic knowledge about APIs and try my best, but it's so time consuming if you are not doing this on a daily basis to find this and then go through the API documentation and so on. Do you have uh, specific people in your company who are just specialized in this or is it yourself even? I enjoy it. So I do like coding is relaxing, for, but no, okay. I do almost none of our integration work now. So we've got automation yeah. specialists. Good. So you're working on your business, not in your business. I, I still do a decent amount of conversations with folks. I love being on the, I love getting a chance to talk to folks who are kind of going through their situation. I think even being in the agency space, there's a lot of things that change quickly. So it's nice uh, being there. But yeah, the business really is at a point where and we're still small. It's down recording this. We're 11 people. We've got four or five positions open right now. So we're actively trying to recruit. If anyone's listening and is interested in automations work or is running a small no code or automations type uh, business, we're looking at potentially acquiring a business, some, some way to scale up that side of the business in our capacity fast. One of the things that's been nice about being focused really tightly in a niche is that's allowed us to have a lot of, a lot of efficiencies in what those pre-built scenarios and templates 
might look like, but there's still enough custom work that we need more hands on deck on that side. But yeah, I'm out of the day-to-day automations work for the most part. Yeah, but I think it's really important. It's the same for me whenever I hire somebody and they have a hard time because I'm a generalist. I built the whole business and all the technology around it on my own, editing the videos on my own and all this. So when somebody comes in, I already know a lot and I smell it if somebody bullshits me or if they really have knowledge that goes beyond myself because I don't call myself a professional. So the expectation is richly there that they are at least better than what I do here. Uh, as a specialist. So that is an advantage, but it also makes it hard for the team members then or to find the right team members actually. And talking about support, actually we have a new partner expert joining, Alex Sirota. I hope I pronounced this properly. And he is an Integromat specialist and runs a agency for implementing Integromat. So maybe I hook you, you guys up there. That's awesome. I've seen his name in the Integromat community. But yeah, we haven't, I don't think that we've connected yet. That'd be awesome. Yeah. He will join. Uh, he already provided me all the content for the partner expert. It's on me now to put him in Great. there. And then, yeah, you're both already in the community. You just need to search for him. Awesome. Okay. Great. This was awesome. I love talking to you because there are so many things that we certainly aligned with. And it's good to have you with us in the community. And if you're running an agency and you're looking for the new tool, and you want to have it aligned with the ICO framework, I'm sure you're in good hands with Gray and his company, SendPilot, in order to get this going from an end-to-end perspective. So, Gray, I thank you very much. Anything you want to share with the community where they find you or anything else before we close the interview? This has been really fun. I appreciate you having me on and being able to dive in and put up with some of my questions too. Yeah, for folks who want to find me, certainly uh, you can track me down at ZenPilot.com. I'm terrible at social, but I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. On Twitter, I'm S. S. Gray McKenzie. Oddly enough, with an unusual name like Gray McKenzie, it's still taken. There's some oil company in Abu Dhabi who is uh, just taking Gray McKenzie. So I always need to think about Outlander when I hear your name. So it's certainly a Scottish name, right? For sure. But no, that's uh, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Tom. Appreciate it as well. And I can't wait to have you next time. Awesome. Bye-bye.